Let me start with Welcome, Ashy Knuckle Faithful, to. Oh, wait, start over. Oh, you want? Nah, let it go. Let's run it. Run it. Run it. Run it. Run it. We out of practice. It's been two weeks. It's been a while. We're a little rusty. <laughs> Welcome, Ashy Knuckle Faithful. Welcome back. I'm your host, B Woods. Got my man, Mosey. What's up? What's up, Mark? What's up? We got a recap of all the action this past past few weeks. Um, all of us has been a little bit busy with vacations and birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So we try to get back into the thick of it. We got recap of Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. We got TJ Dillashaw's return. Also, the return of Misha Tate and the rise of Islam Makachev. UFC 33, which was yesterday, and the Featherweight Grand Prix, which was also last night. Some um, news and notes from both of those cards and a preview of UFC. Was that 265 with Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis? Uh, is it? I thought we were a little further. Yeah, 65. 65. All right, so we can just jump right into it. We have a ton of content to cover, so let's jump right into it. Uh, man. Misha Tate. Welcome back, Cupcake. Yep. Yes. Cupcake 2.0 was looking good both ways. Misha has always been a favorite of mine. She's a um, beautiful fighter and fun. She's very, very. Pretty as well. Do you think she beat Ronda Rousey this go around? Yes. I she think with solid. the improved striking that she showed in that fight, she could beat Ronda. Yeah. Finally get revenge. Mm -hmm. Get some revenge for all those arm bars. But let's not be calling out pregnant women right now. <laughs> In, in the back of my mind, I've always had Misha Tate as a better overall martial artist than um, Ronda. But I think she got kind of she got in her own head against Ronda a lot with the feud. And Ronda was just so dominant with that armbar that if you make any mistakes, it's a wrap. And I think she kind of Got sucked up into that whirlwind. Very similar to how Connor when he would how McGregor when he was knocking everybody out at featherweight, and Jose Aldo got drawn into that emotional battle, and then he just got bopped. Whereas if they fought, you know, a series of let's say they had a trilogy, I think that would be different. I think the results would be a lot different. Who had a trilogy? If McGregor and Aldo had some kind of trilogy. Oh, okay. Minus all the extra stuff, I think Aldo is a better overall martial artist. The same way as I think Misha Tate is a better overall martial artist than Ronda Rousey. However, Ronda's ace in a hole was able to um, get her that. It turned, she turned that into not so much of a rivalry because of it. I think Misha back then was the best competitor to beat Ronda, except honestly, I think the the main person that should have beat Ronda the first time was Kat Zagano. But Kat Zagano decided to charge at her and jump into an armbar, literally. So 
there was that. But Misha, honestly, back then, as much as I love Misha Tate, and I think that she was number two in the division and probably the second best mixed martial artist, her striking just wasn't there, and Ronda had the ground game, period. So I, I don't think they would have changed any. But now, now with Misha's striking up to par, I think, yes. She would 100% been able to keep it standing and picked Rondo apart. Do they say who she's uh, probably going to fight next yet, or no? They have not announced yet. Did she get put into the rankings? Yes, I think she's eight. Oh, wow, yeah, she's number eight. I think so. <clears throat> I mean, that rematch with Holly Holmes there, same with she could fight uh, the Mexican lady. The boxer, Irene Aldana? Yes. That would be a good one. Hey, why did uh, Aspen Lads fight get pulled? COVID? Um, I Wasn't think that so. supposed one to happen uh, this weekend? This past weekend? Or the weekend before? Uh, I don't remember why that one got pulled. The Amanda Nunes fight got pulled for COVID, though. Oh, there's a bunch of fights on this past fight card that got, I think six fights got pulled because of COVID and issues with people cutting weight. They couldn't make weight. I think it was either uh, an undisclosed injury or COVID because Aspen Lab was supposed to fight somebody one of these past weekends. I believe she was supposed to fight a. Uh... Nah, I don't know. I know the Nikki Montano fight. She couldn't make. Wasn't weight. that one pulled? She didn't yeah. make weight, like seven pounds over. Yeah. That's a shame too. It isn't open right now. She's got a fight, a featherweight fight. She was supposed to fight Macy Chiazon. Chiazon. But it got pushed back to October 2nd. Oh, the other lady injured her leg. Chiazon. That sucks for Aspen. Aspen's out for a mi- been out for a minute for her leg, right? She had a knee blown out. I think so. But either way, Misha Tate, uh, the rematch with Holly Holm, or she could fight Irene Aldana. I think that'll get her definitely into the top five if she wins that. Possibly a title shot. Or I she could fight Jermaine. Against, uh, Yuna. Y- Yuna Kutskana. Yes. So, however you say that. She just had a loss, so yeah. She lost to Irene. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She got bought by her. Because you know she ain't going to take the Juliana Pena fight, and Juliana Pena is going to fight for the title whenever Amanda Nunes is better from COVID. Yeah, it's real bad down south. Yeah, my job just got real strict about things. 
Yeah, they're doing the same. Fine. All right, so what do you guys think about that main event from that card? Uh, Makachev against Moises. Um, Makachev proved that he's that next up-and-coming contender. Do you think he's the next coming of Habib? Wants to be, yeah. I, I, I say, I gotta see it. I gotta see it against a top five dude, or RDA if that's the if the rumor holds up. I would love that fight. I feel the same way. I think that they need to put him against another or like a good ranked opponent. Uh, it was a good back and forth fight. Moses did a a lot of good counter jujitsu during that fight, but overall, I found it kind of boring. And I love jujitsu. Once again, there's an odd man out in the top five. It's, lightweight? Yeah, it's gonna be in the top five of the lightweight. Darius doesn't have a fight lined up. Yeah. Jeff, he he don't have a fight lined up, but it's probably gonna be RDA. Cause he got moved up real far in the rankings after uh, that his last fight. Yes he did. We went from nine to five. Yep. Mm-hmm. I guess the, that's the move. That move was to make sure that he can get some get fights now, because he's having trouble getting people to sign. Yeah, those dudes now, can't hit him with the. Uh, he's ranked way below me. Right. They can't right. use that excuse no more. Nope. I was really hoping for the Dan Hooker fight, but um, that's still a good now one. Now apparently Islam doesn't want Dan Hooker. Oh, he hit him with the, I'm higher than you? No, he hit him with the, you were running now. Now you have no excuse, but I don't want you. Oh. I was hoping American Dream is. Hit him with the okie doke. Yeah, him against RDA should be a good one if if that happened. Or even Tony Ferguson. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Ferguson. I wouldn't mind seeing Islam versus Darnoosh either. That'd be a good one too. Yeah. It just gives him uh, somebody that can make a name. Those would be the best fights for him because he. I, I personally think that he was saved by Gaethje versus Chandler being announced because I think both of them would bop him. I think well, both I Michael his, Chandler uh, and Gaethje would just knock him out. I don't think his wrestling is as good as Khabib's. No. I think the best thing he has going for him is he has good wrestling. It's not greatness like Khabib's was and he has good striking he's a complete package that's what he has going for him that's better better than Khabib was but I don't think you can compare Khabib's wrestling and just pure dominance to anybody yeah Khabib's well we talked about this before where he has his levels above um, even some of the best wrestlers in the sport. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, there's just, just levels to the game. Everybody has different powers, so to speak, where they, they concentrate their game on certain areas, and Khabib got that in spades. So. Mm-hmm. 
Compare him to, to compare him and Islam, I, I would say uh, it's a little bit of an unfair comparison for Islam because Khabib's one of the best to ever do it, and especially at lightweight, he's one of the best wrestlers in the history of the lightweight division. So to compare those two, especially with the small sample size that we've seen from Islam, is I think it's an unfair comparison. And also, Khabib wasn't Khabib this early in his career. If you remember earlier fights in Khabib's career, he had some pretty shaky wins, too. I mean, the Gleison T-Ball fight was right around this same time. He had time to develop into the Khabib we know and love him as. So I think, um, I, I, I would say that Islam is right on par with Khabib as far as his, his, his pedigree is concerned. We'll see. But I, I want to see. I want to see him tested, just like I want to see every um, great fighter tested. So I want to see him go up against some of the top guys in the lightweight division, and I, I want to start with Benal Dariush. I don't want to see him go against Tony, Fer Tony Ferguson or even RDA. I don't think that interests me much. I want to see him tested against the top, of the cream of the crop. I really think they're gonna push the RDA fight though. I, I figured they'd push the Tony fight. I could see him doing that too. We'll see. It brings in no Huh? Sorry. There's no announcement, right? No. Yeah. And then, speaking of um, entertainment factors, they had a pretty, very interesting fight that, a uh, main event fight that we skipped over with. Uh, <laughs> Corey Sanhagen going up against the returning TJ Dillashaw for what seems to be an elimination fight for the um, controversial bantamweight title. Yeah, all I gotta say is that whole fight card itself had some very suspicious judging. Yes. To say the least. That, that judging was extremely suspect. I don't know what they were watching. But some fights, uh, some should have been a draw. Some should have went the other way. It is what it is. But yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, I, I can think of at least two um, minimum. But this one, I'm gonna go into a little bit more because this one we can bring up some kind of some interesting conversation when it comes to how we should score martial arts, how we should score MMA. If you look at the stats, they're like so close. Yes. But there's one stat that's not on there, and it's called damage. Yes. Yes, that falls into the effective striking category. I mean, a razor thin with a difference. Because, okay, a strike, if you land the strike, it counts towards significant strikes. However, they're not, they're not all the same, right? Like, if you land the jab and you pop a guy's head back, that's not the same as landing a right hook and put, sitting them on the floor. Even though it's one-to-one. -one. Yeah. You both landed one shot. And in that fight versus um, Sandhagen-Dillashaw, Sandhagen landed a more effective shot, in my opinion. I thought he did more damage. I thought he landed the more effective shots. He sat TJ down with a left hook. Um, it just looked like 
a fight where TJ was definitely coming forward more and he owned the octagon control. I would say TJ had more of the grappling exchanges, but as far as the fight's concerned, they went five rounds and the, the it was very, very close in strikes landed, but I still feel that Sanhagen should have gotten a nod. But I'm not a judge, and you get there was some suspect judging overall in that entire card. But to say a guy, I, I, I get a guy going, it's hard for a guy going backwards to win. But it wasn't like he was going backwards and absorbing damage. He was going backwards and, and dishing out punishment. He was landing strikes off his back foot. He was, land, he was doing damage even in those grappling situations. TJ was controlling the position, but he was taking damage as opposed to dishing it out. So, in the words of, uh, I don't like to quote fighters, um, but Sanhagen was, he had kind of a good point. He was like, you shouldn't be able to just come forward and be a zombie and get popped up, get pieced up, and then get the win just because you're coming forward. And that seems like what it was if you look at the fight without a dog in it. Like, you're not really cheering for either one. Objectively speaking, it looked to me as if um, the judging was grapple heavy and pressure heavy. I want to know when they're going to get former fighters to be judges. I, I want to know who's doing these stats. I think the judging is done by the commission, not the uh, organization. Oh, like whatever state they're fighting in, they'll get the commission for them. To yeah. boxing judges. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it all falls under just combat sports, and they're just judging most of the combat sports are boxing. That's the, that's the biggest one when it comes to professional sports. I just want to know how they only said uh, TJ Dillashaw only got two takedowns that whole fight. That's another thing. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that they're equipped, I don't think they have the facilities to be judging these fights. Because I don't think they have, they, they know what they're looking at. Was it only two? I, I thought it was a little bit more than two. They said that he only landed two out of the takedowns. Yeah, those... I don't trust them on even those shots landed stat, because even with the, with the naked eye test, I, I'm, I'm positive saying he landed more than that. Well... I give their I, I give like a, a leeway on striking because there's a lot of strikes that you you can't really get an accurate count of that to be honest. You can get an okay count, but you can't get an accurate count. You can tell when someone's taking somebody down. Very true. There's a lot of times strikes that land on the shoulder or the chest or they'll get blocked. So that's that's true. But it's it's pretty apparent when someone's um getting taken off their feet. Mm-hmm. I'm just what I'm just saying is that I don't I don't think they're doing a good enough job of recording any of that shit. So look back at the stat sheet and go, all right, well, this guy got X amount of strikes and this guy got X amount of strikes and it was close. I don't think it was as close as they say it is on the stat sheet. Yeah, visually watching the fight, I thought Sanhagen landed more 
significantly more in my eyes. That's why I thought that he should have gotten the nod. Although I understand that effective grappling, octagon control, I mean, sorry, effective striking, octagon control, and grappling all play a part in that decision. And if you're going to go by that, then TJ did dominate two out of the three areas. I just thought the significant striking edge was wider for Corey Sandhagen. But the numbers show different. I win was good enough to set him into the rankings, though. Yes, it was. Yeah, he's number two now. Oh, yep. I thought you were saying he wasn't ranked. I was like, what the? F-? No, Dillashaw wasn't ranked, you know, but. Yeah. And in all fairness to, to, to TJ, he, he, is, he didn't lose. He got caught with EPO, and he was the champion. So in, until you beat the champ, you know, you, it's, it's, you can't call yourself the champ. I mean, you can, but he is the lineal champion. He, he was the guy that earned the belt. He didn't lose it. He got it stripped. So. You think we'll see Sanhagen against Rob Font now? Very possible. That'd be a good fight. I'd be excited to see that. Because it works out in uh, TJ's favor in a way because he's got to rest up. I think he's got to get surgery on his leg, his knee that got uh, injured from Sanhagen. Yeah, he his knee. They try to get him with that sub, so it works out in his favor because you know Peter Yan and Sterling is gonna fight uh, what October. Mm-hmm. So that gives them plenty of time because they they're probably gonna wait some time after their fight. So it's perfect for TJ. He should be recovered by then to fight the winner of that. Yep. I, I like that. Unless there's another illegal knee. <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> I hope it's. I'm pretty sure this we'll we'll get a winner in this one. We'll get so, a decisive. If, if Funkmaster actually wins that fight, do you think they'll try to go for a trilogy? Nah, nah, nah. I mean, that somebody actually won this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Moving on, though, um, another another really controversial decision in that fight was up with two up and coming. Um, I think that wait, I, I believe they're strawweights. Um, Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber are they strawweights? Flyweights. Flyweights. Yeah. Yeah, in the women's flyweight division, that was another one. Those were these are they were ranked, I think, ten and eleven respectively. Dude, I thought Miranda Maverick. Took it honestly. So it was, did I. It was, it was literally the exact same fight, um, with San Hagen and Dillashaw, where they gave a lot of credit to the grappling and the pressure because Macy did apply the most pressure. She was going forward the most. She got the takedowns. Macy Barber did, and Miranda was landing the more crisp shots. And she was hurting Macy more. But the judging that night, I guess, was favoring pressure and grappling. 100%. It was definitely a, a wrestling clinic on most of, or for the judges. But I honestly thought that Maverick just took it to her. Like She, she was going back a little bit, but she was doing the same thing Corey Sanhagen was doing. Going back, counter-striking. She had... The more crisp shots, I 
I don't know how that was a split decision in my head, but I I don't know judging apparently. And another one thing we can add to the note to that is it's not as if either Corey, I'm sorry, either uh, TJ Dillashaw or Macy Barber was doing tremendous ground and pound with that grappling. They were just engaging in grappling mm-hmm. and changing positions. It wasn't like they were shooting up a ton of submissions or having the, their opponents in danger with the grappling. That's why I want to I note that because it wasn't I'm not just disregarding the grappling. This is mixed martial arts. It's grappling is a huge aspect of this. Mm-hmm. However, it, they weren't uh, in, in either fight. The grappling to me wasn't the deciding factor in that fight. It wasn't as if Corey or Macy had their opponent, not Corey, but uh, TJ or Macy had their opponents down and in a position to lose and in a position, a position to get finished. It wasn't like that. It was more of um, they were engaging in the grappling more and pushing the pace. So they're getting an A for effort. Yeah. They, they were effectively blanket fighting is what they were doing. A lot of takedown, lay around, changing positions, but never actually moving forward to the point of effective grappling in my head. Right. There were no submission attempts, no... No major ground and pound, kind of like these pitter-patter shots they were doing. Uh, Sanhagen was doing a great job of getting up a lot, to be honest. So, that that's difficult. They both took the win, or the loss as well, though, I think. Yeah. Um, Corey, he, he, contested the, the, he contested it. He's like, you know, I thought, I thought I won, but, you know, hats off to TJ for getting a nod. And as it should be, like, I don't think, you, like, you can't pull a Sean O'Malley. Yeah. You, if, you, if you let it go to the judges, not like it's, look, it's easy to say you shouldn't go to the judges sitting on your ass and watching. But once you, once the fight does go to the judges, you're kind of at the mercy of someone else's vision of what the fight was. Instead of having a, um, the fighters decide. I, I prefer to when the, deci- the fighters decide in the ring, and that's um, it's a good case for um, leading it all, letting it all hang out once you're in there because you only get so many opportunities, and you don't want it to be put up to some guy that's not in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything to add from that, Mo? The other decision that was. That I thought should have been a draw ended up going majority decision to the winner. Which one was that? Tyler Phillips against Raleigh and Paiva. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a good fight. It was a good fight, but I had the first round of ten eight to Phillips. Then the next two rounds ten nine to the other guy. So Wait, I figured it would have been a draw. Following that one? No, I don't think so. I must be. I might. That's what it's so far out of my memory. I guess last night there was a foul. Oh, there was many. I saw. Many. Uh, I think it was the prelims. It was a Hawaiian fighter. You want to jump into that card? Mm, we are we that far back? UFC. Um, wait, no, that's UFC thirty three. That was last night. 
Yeah, we jumped in. Well, I didn't watch all of it. I only seen uh like two fights on the prelims. Oh man, you missed some really good ones. UFC Vegas thirty three was one of the best cards of the year. What? Man, it was, for real. Like, there's not there wasn't a lot of names. Like, there's some notable names that we would um you recognize, but most of these names were guys who are tr- you're gonna know their names going forward. I tell you that because these. These um a lot of these fighters were they put on the show, man. Oh, I, I saw three fights. I saw the Ashley Yoder fight. All right, that one that was a good one. The Kai Kamaka. So the way the Ashley Yoder fight, um, her opponent, what was her name again? Uh, she was an Invicta champion. You free. Correct. She she was an Invicta champion, right? Yes, well, but she was an animate Invicta champion. Correct. Following Michelle Watterson. Yeah. What's that, like 105? Yeah, 105. Jesus Christ. She had to go 10 pounds up. That's what you got to do to be in the big games. Yep. And Ashley Yoder had like a ridiculous, like a six and a half inch reach advantage. It was wow. ridiculous. Yeah. That's why they had one too, landed like five times in a row. Even though that she got. That fight was going back and forth. It was. It was a good one. I feel like a, a Frey or Fry, I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. But she landed, uh, she took control of most of the rounds, I think, whereas Yoder had a f- some moments. You actually had some moments, for sure. Like that that right hand, well, I guess it was her left hand because she's a southpaw. She, if, if she was landing that left hand, like, pretty good, but not, it was just too few and far in between. Even though she got it like four times in a row. <laughs> I think it was a third round. She was coming off a two-fight losing streak. Who's that? That uh, Jin Yu Frey. She, was on she, had lost her, she had lost her first two fights in the UFC. Oh, wow. Well, actually, Yoder's a good name to have a win over, so that's a comeback. Oh, uh, I stand corrected. She was coming out off a uh, one fight winning streak. Oh, uh, but she lost her previous two, so she's two and two right now. Well, that's good for her, cause she's she looked she looked impressive. I'd say that outside of being, I mean, cause she had to overcome, like I said, a six and a half inch reach disadvantage in this fight. And she won this fight, which was mostly a stand-up battle, having to overcome that. So that was very impressive to me. Um, and the other, I think, was is which was it, um, women's strawweight, which which was Cheyenne Bays and Gloria. Was that, was that was that women's strawweight? Yeah, it was strawweight. Yeah, that was strawweight. The co-main event. Yeah. I missed that. How how was that? Oh boy. That was a good fight. Uh, it was a real, it was a good one. Until Cheyenne Byers landed that head kick. Yes, on the come ups. Yep. Scramble, head kick, ground and pound, good night. She was another one that celebrated a little early. She kicked her in the face, threw up her arms, and then had to go in for the the Super super necessary fu- punches. Yep. I mean, 
you gotta you gotta keep going to the left pulls you off. Don't pull up too early. Don't don't Nick Diaz it. Don't point and point and play. So how was the main event though? Oh, this this there's a lot of cards. There's a lot of fights on this one. So, um, the main event was pretty one sided. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. The main event was all Sean Strickland. He basically boxed Uriah Hall's head off. Uriah looked pretty listless most of the fight, uninterested. But and it there was some points where he also could have got finished, but it was mostly exhaustion and just getting jabbed to sleep. There was some there was a lot of really good fights on there. A lot of lot of knockouts. I think there was like four knockouts on this card. What? Yeah. Phil Rowe versus Orion, I guess, Cossie. He um that was that was nasty. Welterweight division fight. Um sick right hand by Philip Rowe. To um he put him to sleep. That was it was a good fight into that right hand. They were, they were both they both had their moments. And then um this guy is somebody I think we should watch out for in featherweight. I think his name is Mel Sig. Give me a break here. I'm going to take it slow. It's a long last name. It's like one of them 16 characters. Fill up the whole back of the jersey? The whole jersey. Um, Bog the Syrian? Bog the Syrian? Um, man, he landed, a, he landed a left head kick late. In that fight, which they were, it was a little bit back and forth. Mostly, Melsic was the, the dominating the stand up. He's a kickboxer slash Muay Thai guy. He has a lot of like experience in that, and he showed it. That head kick was nasty, but I, I want to watch out for him in featherweight because he looks like he can be a problem, especially if you're going to stand up and stand up with him. So he's from Armenia. Yeah, that that guy, he looked pretty sick, bro. This is his first fight in the UFC? Yeah, I think it's his debut. Oh, I think so. He, I said, watch out for him in featherweight, man. He looks... If, if guys want to stand up with him, they're going to have a long night. That, that kick was crispy, accurate, and fast. Like, he got some... It was like Shevchenko fast. Like, there was no wind-up. It was left kick. Damn. I'm glad to go back and watch that one. That was a good one. Um, Brian Barberina, Jason Witt was a crazy fucking fight. That was in, in the in the welterweight division. Vanilla Gorilla, Jason Witt. It was just, it was real good, man. Like that was there was moments in that fight where Barberina could have had Jason Witt out of there. Like he would crack him with a big shot, go to fit, follow him up. But one thing I would say Jason Witt had in spades was uh, he definitely d- dominated the wrestling. He was able to secure eight takedowns in a three round fight. And he, he dropped Barbarina a few times too. And uh, Jason Witt ended up getting him, um, the, the decision, got a majority of the t- decision. So it was a good fight, a real, real good fight. 
Ty Kamaka versus um, Daniel Chavez, that was a crazy fight, man. That one was insane. They were throwing. Kai Kamaka landed, I counted at one point, 15 calf kicks early. Like, I think it was in the first few rounds, he landed somewhere between seven to eight, and he kept going with it. And he would have won I, the fight, too. Well, he got, he got three fouls. Yep. He got a real point deducted. Yeah. Yeah. I poked some dick kicks. And this other dude was like, he I poked some dick though. kicks. Yeah. They they uh kicked each other in the nuts one time. They did. They did. Well, the thing about uh, that fight was they, Chavez showed a lot of heart because the eye poke was really bad, and he was already getting battered with the low calf kicks to the point where his leg was already buckling. So he could have just, like, you know, took the easy way out and, like, EQ with the eye poke, but he... And I thought he was, because he, he was, like... He, he used, when you poke, when it happened in real time, it looked real all Germanish. Rolling all the ground and screaming and that Kai Kamaka sends them one point deduction would have taken that. It ended up being a drop. They might run that back. Um, my actually knuckle moment of the fight uh, was in this fight. Uh, the German Nikolaus Stolzi however I obviously that I'm saying that way wrong. That was a good one. Well, not it wasn't that. It was quick. It was um, first round knockout, right hand, Jared Gooden, and it was it was crispy. That that, that one punch, it it didn't even land. Like it, it well, it wasn't even fully like set up. He just it was like a slip and ripping, and it landed right right where it should have. So Jerry got some power. But that was my ashy knuckle moment. But I think um, the German dude was uh, making his debut that fight. Also of note in this card, uh, shout out to Cheyenne Baez for getting that performance bonus because she was, she, I think she was complaining about her pay. I think she made like 4K for this fight or something or 6K. No, he made ten ten. Ten ten. There were yeah, some four Ks and six Ks on this card. There were some four Ks and six Ks on this card. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. For the longest much. time I thought twenty twenty was the bare minimum, and it was for a while. I don't know what happened. Nah, dog. They, they four K. Four and four. Yep. Oh shit! So yeah, you want to be a fighter. <laughs> so you want to be a fighter. Right, she she was saying, um, you know, that Cheyenne buys with our base. She was, I think, she was saying that she basically was fighting for free because, um, it, even with her win, she was just paying back like loans that she got that she had taken out, and in her coaches. So she's yeah, basically she had, fighting she for had free. Just moved from Dallas to Vegas, and she had fifteen thousand dollars in loans that she had, and she made twenty twenty. Then she had to pay her coaches, so therefore she so was in the negative. 
Yeah, that fifty k bonus uh came in handy. So she was uh gonna have to just get free water and snacks on the plate for dinner. Is that what you say? She would have had to take out her own until she get another fight booked. Yeah. Well, that fifty k did help. Helped a lot. Luckily for her, she lives in Vegas, so the performance institute will feed her every night. <laughs> oh yeah, she get hooked up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that. Let me see if I gloss over any other ones. That that was it. That was all I saw from. I mean, there was a lot of good fights on that card. A lot of noteworthy fights. All right. So, what about the main event? Where, where do they go from there? The two fighters. Um, Strickland definitely deserves some uh, a step up a step up in competition in the middleweight division. I don't know if he's a, quite the contender. He seemed pretty. I don't know if it was just a strategy he used versus Uriah Hall, or if that's just overall how he fights. But if I look at previous fights from Sean Strickland, it's kind of much more of the same. Like he, he seems to have, he's, he has fast hands. He's, he kind of reminds me of a middleweight Nate Diaz in a way. He has that, um, he's a lot more, he has good, really good head movement, doesn't get hit a lot, unlike Nate. But he's very, very uh, slick. He's more of a, like a point fighting boxer. Yeah, that's what I would, what I would give him um, if I gave him like a gross, uh, I would say a gross generalization of his skill set. Kind of like a point fighting boxer. Doesn't get hit much, and he's uh, really active. He see throws a lot of output. Is there any big fights coming up in the middleweight division? Um, yeah. versus Adesanya. Was that December? Yeah. Other than that, I don't really think so. What's Darren Till fighting? Uh, next week. Oh, uh, Brunson Costa, right? Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That's a big one. But yeah, I think Darren Till's fighting like. A week. Wait, who's Cannonier fighting? Gaston. Twenty first of August. Yeah, there's there's some good ones. Yeah, so everything's pretty much booked up. Is Jack Hermanson fighting anyone? Is that who Darren Till's fighting? (laughs) Who is Darren Till fighting? I know he's fighting soon though, because he just had that whole. Controversy where he said fuck off to cancel culture. <laughs> um, let's see here. Mm-hmm. Is he on the Lewis fight? Yeah, I can't. I can no, no, he's not. He's not on there. No. That fight, the fight card, even though it lost uh, one title fight, it's still good. No, that's still a good card, period. Just, uh... Yeah. The main card by itself is just packed. We got some fight announcements, finally. We got, uh... Gaethje versus Chandler. Gaethje's finally got a fight. You know when that fight is? October also, isn't it? Oh, it's on November. Oh, it's on November. Trying to do the Madison Square Garden? 
You think? You think they'll do it? Uh, I, I think it's in Abu Dhabi. Oh. I know they kept talking about trying to do an MSG cart, but um, COVID has poked his head back out. Yeah, that fight, that fight card's on a, a day that I'll probably be missing it in November. You got a pretty important date. Very unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, they would put this fight. And it's on the same uh, card as uh, Usman Covington. Do you think they'd be mad if I'd watch that on my phone during ceremonies? A little hey, bit. Man, I, might, I might be, uh, you know, taking a peek. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might I, I, I go on over there. <laughs> One fight we didn't talk about yesterday happened in Bellator that was pretty important. Got the Featherweight Grand Prix. That's one thing we don't really talk about much over here is Bellator. We definitely should. I mean, I figure Bellator is a lot like uh, the last couple weeks of cards. They're very hit or miss. Only so I, much to talk about. I just watched that fight. Right yeah, that's the only started. fight I watched. Like literally ten minutes before we started. It's um a key guy. He's he's legit. Mm-hmm. The he mercenary finishes. He's good. He backed up all that talk. Yeah, that was nasty. Head kick, uppercut, almost did a walk off until, um, you know, Pitbull got back up. <laughs> then he Pitbull says he wasn't out either. His arm he wasn't to me. He was. He wasn't out, but he was when he after the choke. He definitely went limp. Mm-hmm. But he was. I mean, he definitely obviously wasn't out. I'm sure if, like, the ref, I think the referee saved him, though. I mean, it wasn't like he was fighting back. He was just being choked. Look, if you go limp, you're out. Yeah. You don't just drop your arm for no damn reason. You're out. I think what happened was he went limp, but the referee was close to it quick enough. He came right back. Yeah. Right after. When he he got dropped, as soon as he hit his his butt on the canvas, he woke back up. Some guys can just recover really fast. I mean, he's pretty much the feather, the goat of Bellator. Yeah, Pitbull is. So, well, he got both titles. Yeah, he has one title. Yeah, he still got defend the lightweight title too. He was calling for a rematch with uh, AJ at lightweight. I say AJ takes it. What if takes another belt too? (laughs) What belts? Yeah, what belts? Mm. Man, I wish they would do the like other. those. Uh, if it was possible, we could get UFC versus Bellator versus like one FC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, all the crossovers. Like do it once a year or something. You know what I'm saying? Like an MMA Super Bowl. Exactly. Do it once have, a year. Have like um, all the champions from every organization of that respective weight class have a. You know, have at it. A little exhibition style. Not really exhibition, but like unification style. I think you're right, though. It, I don't think it will see it because it take, it, it will, if UFC loses, like if any of the UFC guys happen to lose, 
it takes away a lot of the monopoly that UFC has over being the, the biggest show yep. in town. Yes and no. When Chuck Liddell lost, he got kind of it got kind of glossed over. Well, but this in this day and age, though, with all the the news and stuff like that in the media, I think it'll hurt. It'll hurt. It will help the guys like Bellator and UFC a lot more than it will help UFC because UFC is already considered like legit. Like yeah, the champion of the UFC is already considered the best in the world. The UFC fighters don't have much to prove in that aspect, or much to gain. Let me rephrase that. They don't have much to gain in that aspect because basically everyone in the outside organizations are basically even looking at the UFC as like, that's the one that matters. That's the belt that matters. Right. Except maybe one. All the Asian fighters, the one FC belts, all that matters. But, I mean, like I said, even AJ was sitting out there calling out nothing but UFC fighters after his win of the Bellator belt. Uh, Pitbull has been on a whole tirade of shit about trying to fight UFC since Michael Chandler UFC. So they can't even take their own organizations too serious. Well, they know all eyes are on the UFC. I mean, if you gotta be pretty, think about it. Like when when anyone mentions MMA, they don't even call it MMA. They call it UFC. Yeah. Or UCF. Or UCF. Like the the average fan doesn't even understand that the sport itself is not UFC. They'll be like, "Oh, you do UFC?" They don't even call it that. They don't call it the sport of mixed martial arts. They call it the sport of UFC. So that shows you how much influence um, the UFC has over the the mainstream. I mean, over the casuals' eyes. They don't, some some guys don't even know these got these other organizations exist. Should I still remember when they would call Anderson Silva the uh, bald headed black guy in yellow pants or yellow shorts? Yeah, I'm like, who are you talking about? And then they, they show me, oh, oh, he's Brazilian actually. <laughs> yeah. So going forward, I think I would want to see AJ McKee get into uh, the UFC. I think hey, he. Last time they had a dude that was like the champion that came over, he didn't do too hot. It's been mixed, right? I mean, uh, Eddie well, Alvarez, Chandler, Alvarez, he won the lightweight title. Eventually, yeah. yeah. You can't say um, it didn't go too hot. He had uh he had the title. He had for a second. I was referring to Will Brooks. Oh, that oh. guy. Yeah, man. It's mixed. I, he never. It's a. It's. I, I will say this. I will give UFC credit for this. The talent pool is a lot deeper in UFC, and especially in those divisions. Oh, when they leave from the UFC, they got that like uh, that marking already. Because oh, he was uh this and this in the UFC. So they're already expected mm-hmm. to do good compared to when other organizations have their top guys go somewhere else or come to the UFC. When, when it's not even the top guys from the UFC. If some of the middle of the pack guys go, they, they go to other organizations and become champions. Bader? Yep. Bader at that time, though, was not middle of the pack. Bader at that time was a 
heavy contender. He just got overshadowed by the whole DC John Jones thing and uh, the big monster of fucking Rumble Johnson. Like, Bader was actually on in, like, his prime and doing well at that time. I'll give him that. But you have had, like, a lot of lower-end fighters in the UFC go over to other organizations, and they're already fighting top five people over there, even if they weren't in the top ten in the UFC. They're, they're expected to be on a whole nother level, and usually they are. Sergio's champion in Bellator now, right? Yes. You think he would ever get it in the UFC? No. Yeah. His UFC run was very all over the place. Given it was early, early in his career. He's only now starting to come what he he should be. Musasi, too. Musasi should have been champ in the UFC, 100%. That was a failure to, to let that man go. He was on a winning streak, too, right? Yep. They, he was they, killing uh, it. They let I think him his go. last fight was Weidman. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, he, he decided not to renew his contract. They didn't fire him. Yeah. They decided not to, he decided not to renew his contract because he, he didn't like the way. He, he wanted to get paid, and he didn't like the way the UFC was running. He liked Scott Croker. Well, Anthony Pettis isn't doing so hot. No. Yeah, he was on his way out though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anderson was the same way. Mm-hmm. So was I mean Corey Anderson. He he left a a, a sour taste with a sour taste in his mouth. But he I did think Corey stop Anderson could still though. good. Mm-hmm. But now nah, I don't think I don't see Corey Anderson like hanging with the top five of uh two hundred five right now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. He could. I still think he could. I think that the closest divisions between the two companies would be 205 right now. No. I do. Nemkov is pretty solid. See solid. Yeah. He would be a, he would be an 85er in, in UFC. And he would be a, he'd be a middle of the pack 85er in my opinion. Nemkov? Yeah. I think he'd be able to beat Vittori and Costa. Maybe, maybe Costa. Vittori, I, I don't know, man. I, I think we're overshadowing how good some of these guys are based off the fact that they lost to the champion. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying Nemkov in general. I'm not like saying Vittori's no, not good. I think he's good. I do think he's good, but... He's not bad. He's getting, I, think body, I think he gets bodied at 205, though. Who? Nemkov? Nemkov. Yeah, well, I I believe uh, that's Yuri's last loss, right? Or is his mm-hmm. last win? Or I mean, Nemkov's last loss was Yuri. Yeah. I mean, the a lot of the guys that come from other organizations, it's really hard to judge them because they're fighting a mixture of the rare good guys in those organizations and a whole bunch of cans. To be honest, it's it's a, so. I always have a peak interest in like the people that rise to the top in those organizations. I just want to see them tested in the UFC. It's the same reason why I love Michael Chandler being in the UFC right now. And he proved that he can hang with the top of the UFC. Whether he'll be champion or not, I don't know. But 
Did he, he prove that? Yes, I think he did. He did his thing against Oliveira. I mean, no, no, he knocked out Dan Hooker. Yes. And he looked good against Oliveira in the first round. So he proved he could compete with the top fives. Like, yeah. I, I, I guess. Those are I good would, names. They are. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely want to see the top the cream of the crop in every organization come together at the end of the year and kind of unify it. I love that. I, I like to see that for sure. I would love to see Vadim Nemkov go against Jan Blahovich. Um, I favor Blahovich, but at the same time, it's a fight, so you never know what can happen. But I think yeah. that even the, at the top contenders... In a UFC, the guys in the top five at 205, um, you stack them up against the top five in Bellator, I would say advantage UFC. Well, I would always give the UFC the advantage. I was just saying they would be the closest. Like I, I think top five and Bellator, most of them probably wouldn't do that great, but a couple of them would do all right. I yeah. can't say that about a lot of their other divisions. I don't think that their flyweight division would stand up. I don't think that their uh, bantamweight division would stand up. There's a couple people in their um, featherweight division that I think could hold their own and their lightweight division, but we're very slim pickings in most of these. Heavyweight hey, they, got, get they got a bantamweight and flyweight division? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know. Well, that featherweight division is strong. Yeah. I know that. I know um, Pitbull, AJ McKee could hold their own. I think um, I'm pretty sure Darian Caldwell would do just fine. And I think um, Adam Boritz can be fine. But featherweight's so deep in UFC, man. Like, there's so many really good competitors in that division. I think they were, uh, some of those guys would get lost in the names. They would end up being like not. They would end up being in the top fifteen instead of being in the top five. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, the top fifteen and for featherweight and bantamweight are all fucking killers in the UFC. Yep. There's not a tough matchup. Period. Number two versus number fifteen in either of those divisions is still a very competitive fight. Yep. I agree with that. Um, you, you guys want to got anything else to add to to this, or you want to move on to um, UFC two sixty five? Move on to that. There's some interesting fights on that. Wait, yeah. who's the welterweight champion in uh, Bellator? Lima. No, Douglas Lima just Lima? lost it. I thought. Oh, he just lost it. Damn. But he's about to fight MVP. That's a good matchup. Oh, the run back? They run in the back. <clears throat> how do you guys think those two dudes would do in the UFC? I've always wanted to well, see Lima in the UFC. I don't think he'd be champ. I think he would be good top 10, maybe even top 5. I don't yeah, know, Walter Waite's kind of... Welterweight's kind of a sticky situation there, too. So I think he would be easily... Both of them, I think, could compete 
top five. I think MVP would actually have the harder go. I think he's too flashy and he'd get caught a lot in the UFC, to be honest. Well, he's the can crusher for sure. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a can crusher. So I think he would be top 15. But I think Lima could easily be top 10. I want to see all their top dudes over in the UFC. Like uh, Musasi, I want him back. I want Pitbull to fight somebody in featherweight or lightweight, just because. Yeah. Look, even their females, some of their females I wouldn't mind seeing over in the UFC. Who's that? Who's that Hawaiian strawweight fighter? McFlar- McFarlane? Yeah, flyweight. She's flyweight. Oh, she's flyweight. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I don't want to see her fight Valentina. I want to see her fight Rose. <laughs> or the other. You the tell her to come over and drop a weight class. Flyweight. I, I no. Uh, Rose is a uh, strawweight. Valentina's flyweight. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm confusing them. Oh, okay. I'm confusing them. I was like, wait, you wanted to go over and drop a weight class? What the? <laughs> oh, yeah, she could fight Valentina then. She gets smoked. I thought she was a straw weight. I had them confused. I had straw weight as the... uh, 125? Yeah. She would be one that I would be excited to have over, but... Once again, pretty much getting in the flyweight division in the UFC is just sacrificial lambs. Yeah, the flyweight queen is going to be hard to unthrown. She's going to be hard to dethrone. She is special. Mm-hmm. Did we ever get a rematch with Cyborg and uh, Amanda Nunes? Cyborg and Amanda Nunes? Yeah. No. I don't think we'll ever get it. One reason, one reason alone. Cyborg will never be in the UFC. And I don't think Amanda Nunes is going to leave without retiring. The only way it's possible is if there's some kind of cross-promotion. So I'd say less than 1% chance. Yeah. All right, let's go to UFC 265. One, One caveat real quick. What do you think it would be like seeing Misha Tate versus Shevchenko? Valentina. Like, no. if, she, if Misha Tate dropped down to 125. Because originally she wanted to be a 125-er. I, it's, it's, I like Misha Tate, but I think Valentina still takes it. I think she would, too, personally. Agreed. She's, <laughs> she's too sharp. Like, she even gave Amanda Nunez a hard time. And Unanimously Nunez. agreed. We know what Amanda Nunez is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, got a, that's a, this is an interesting lineup on this um, 265 card. We got some good fights. I hope it oh, holds yeah. up. And nobody gets this new, this fucking new super... So apparently, this new strain of COVID is pretty. Um, it's not as deadly, but it's very, very contagious. Yep. Getting more it's cases of it, but not as many deaths. And people are getting it a lot. So, 
Um, I hope that that we can keep this card intact because there's some really interesting matchups. Um, we can start with the prelims. The early prelims has a, has a few um, names that I can recognize, but I'm stop. I'm, I stop overlooking these guys because sometimes and gals. I'm just gonna say fighters to keep it gender neutral, um, because sometimes we get the best fights from that. We, I learned that last night. Like that card was one of the best cards of the year. Um, and it was free, and I didn't know. Only knew a, I only knew a few of the fighters, and eight out of the I'm, eight or nine of those fights were like amazing. But uh, yeah. Odie Osborne is the only guy, only name that I really recognize from um, the early prelims. Everybody else, um, I may have seen him maybe once. I know I've seen Miles Johns before, but nothing memorable. And one thing I can know about Victoria Leonardo is that her opponent doesn't even have a, doesn't have a picture. <laughs> On the UFC's website, so we'll see. Now, the prelim is a whole different story because we got the return of KK. Yes, I'm excited for that. Carolina Cole Kiewicz. That's a mouthful. Her and Jessica Pena getting it on in um, women's straw weight. That should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got knocked out. Who, Penne? No, uh, Carolina. I don't think so. What was your question, Mo? You remember when Jessica Andrade knocked her out? I do. Oh, she, she's fought since then. She has? Yeah, she she's been it? on a... She's on a four-fight losing streak. Yep. It's she sad lost. for somebody that I, I thought was going to... Had a good chance of becoming champion at one point. I mean, she ain't lose to, like, sorry people, but she's on a four-fight losing streak. Her last win was April 7, 2018 versus Felice Herring. She won a three-round decision. After that, knocked out by Andrade. Uh, decision to Michelle Watterson. Decision to Alexio Grasso. And decision to Yan Shaonan. Four fights. To be fair, lasting total decision with all three of those fights was pretty good. Even though she should have bought or beat Grasso. Yeah. She should have beat Grasso. I'm not saying during that fight, but the their skill levels, she should have been the favorite in that one and probably should have won that one. I don't know what was going on with her there. I don't know if she- one thing I will say about Carolina is I don't know if she has that. Even though she's skilled, she doesn't have that killer instinct that you look for in a fighter. She's like I, I look at her more as what I would call um she's she's one of those MMA athletes where she has a skill set, but she doesn't necessarily look like she's wants to hurt people. Like you see her, she's so stoic and relaxed in the cage. Like she's not, and not to say that that can't, she can't, you can't be a killer with that kind of like 
personality. It just seems that way when she's in the in there. She seems kind of chill, kind of too chill at times. Got the Uriah Hall problem. She got the Uriah Hall problem, bro. Got all the skills, but can't pull the trigger. Uriah Hall is hot and cold. Like there's sometimes when he comes in and he'll take your head off and then celebrate. But then there's times we. He comes in and he just looks disinterested. Like he just looks like he, he would rather be almost anywhere else but in a cage. Rather be playing Tekken. Rather be playing Tekken. I mean, dude's a warrior. So is Carolina. She's a warrior as well. I'm just saying that compared to other fighters, um, doesn't have that killer instinct, that intensity that you see come out like that dog. You don't. You don't see that. I don't see that from her. I see her as a. A competitor, like a mixed martial artist, as opposed to a fighter. And there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters like that. There's a lot of um p- people on the roster that are that in that same category where they they look to win, they get the points, but they're not they're not to be uh they don't seem to be in it all the way. But it's like anyway about where these two competitors are not that these are both they coming forward. Oh. About short fuse, and Herman, who's making his 118th octagon appearance, right? Yes. Um, how old is Ed Herman? Man, jeez, how many? Ed, he came from the Ultimate Fighter three, right? He's been in the game for a good while. For real, he has over, he has over forty fights. Two thousand six. Oh six, octagon debut. It's a company man. Dang. I don't know if he's a company man, but he is definitely a fighter. He's a he's a career UFC guy. He's been in the UFC from Ultimate Fighter till today. And you know, there's something to say about that too. The UFC is a very difficult company to stay in. It's very true. What so, one thing about Ed Herman, and that's what I was saying, like alluding to earlier. Is you you you're gonna get a fight? You're not gonna get somebody who's gonna try to, you know, get a strategic win. Like he's always entertaining. He's always it's always a fight, win, loser, or, or otherwise, with this guy. And I think people like that tend to have longer careers with the company. We've seen the past where guys who would even get cut with with winning streaks, not mm-hmm. well, not being on a winning streak, but they have significantly more wins than losses but their styles aren't promotable like John Fitch is a really gross example of that yeah John Fitch is a good example of that and um, Yushin Okami is a good example of that right like if, you try, if you're not entertaining either personality wise or in the cage it's hard to stick around if you're not a gamer you gotta be in there and you gotta promote the action, or you ain't gonna be getting too many text messages from Sean Shelby. Not the good kind. Not the good text messages. Alonzo uh, Atomic Minifield. This dude's a knockout artist. He got two. He got. He's ten and two. Um, this should be a good one. This should be should be a banger. I don't. I don't see this going outside of the first round. This should I be do. uh what's I up? See going outside the first round. You do? You do I see a comic knocking down Ed Herman and just 
beating the shit out of him the first round, but then somehow Ed Herman still survives until the second round. <laughs> okay. I didn't see, and he's, uh, uh, one thing about these really heavily muscled dudes, man, they get like, which Alonzo is, he's super jacked. They get, they, they, they either knock you out quickly or they like usually have gas tank issues. Yeah. So, but, and I, just constantly watching Ed Herman fight over and over again, he can take some heavy damage. He's almost like Darren Elkins, almost only a better fighter that he can take so much damage, but still come back some fucking how. You are saying that Darren Elkins is a better fighter, right? No, I'm saying that Ed Herman's a better fighter. Darren Elkins does not know how to fight. He just gets the shit beat out of him and somehow catches somebody that's so fucking tired from beating the shit out of him. That's a skill. <laughs> that's a skill. That's a skill. Block He's everything with your face. He's Block. a warrior. How I'm dare not you. knocking him. I, I like watching it because I'm just like, it doesn't matter how much he's getting slaughtered in there. He's still going to catch a choke in the end somehow. Elkins <laughs> <laughs> has a cartoon tattoo, the damage on his chest. Yes. He lives up to that name set. He lives up yes, to that. Best I think he's more skilled. What's up? It's the best nickname ever because it fits him perfectly. Yeah, definitely. He didn't. He didn't give himself that nickname. That was for sure earned. Yes. Um, Draco Rodriguez and Vince Morales in the bantamweight bout. Um, these are two up and coming guys trying to make a name for themselves. And like we said, that Shark Tank of the bantamweight, Shark Tank of a bantamweight division. Mm-hmm. So. One of these guys has to put on a show in order to move their move their names up. Um, uh, Morales, he's nine and six, pretty um average record, but and he's coming off a loss. Well, both guys are coming off a loss, but uh, Draco is seven and two. So they don't have both. A win could be a huge boost for both of these guys. Um, a loss could damage. Morale is pretty heavily. Yeah. So this should be a motivated fight. Sometimes those are the best fights when you're fighting for your career. Yes, they are. You can when you can smell desperation. Usually, you get some. You get a good scrap. Mm-hmm. Another another good one. You got a lightweight when Bobby Green and um, Rafael Fizayev at lightweight. That should be really good. Yes. I love watching Bobby Green fight. I love hearing him talk. I love everything about Bobby Green for some reason. He entertains the fuck out of me. That he does. He's very entertaining. And you look at, I mean, he got, he has a lot of fights too. Bobby Green has almost 40 fights in his career. He's 27, 11, and 1 overall. Yeah, he's a veteran, man. He's a scrappy veteran. He's had his highs and lows. I think he got into the top 10 at one point, but then fell off. A couple bad losses, but I'll never not watch one of his fights. Yeah, he has, he has that. He has, well, he has nine knockouts and eight subs. So you're talking about a guy who definitely knows how to finish. Mm-hmm. And then he got 10 wins by decision, so he can go to distance. 
His last loss was to um the guy who Makachev got sacrificed by Makachev, Moises. That was his last. He lost the decision to Moises, but you know he got some pretty good wins too. Yeah, it's it's and and Fizayev is um he's a relative relatively young in the sport. Got nine fights, eight and one. Pretty interested in that one. You know, I think he's from Kazakhstan. Yeah, I don't know much about him. His last win was against um, Moicano. He also beat, um, he got some good names under his belt. Dang. One, he knocked Moicano out. First round. Nice. That's a good win. He's only eight and one, so he's. Doing all right himself. Yeah, he's on to come up. He's on to come up. Is his nickname Adaman? Yeah. I thought it was Ant-Man at first. I wanted to get knocked out now just because of his nickname. He's <laughs> getting... <laughs> we can move right into the main card. Main card, okay, the main card we got uh, opening up. Bantamweight division again, Song Yadong and Casey Kenny. This should be a damn good fight. I'm excited about this one for sure. What's up? The whole main card's packed. It is, and both these guys come off a loss, so I expect fireworks. Mm -hmm. This card got, uh, this fight got moved up to the main card, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was prelims main main event, but we lost one. They got promoted. We got and then Tisha Torres, Angela Hill, women's strawweight. They've already fought, uh, right? I think so. I feel like all the strawweights have fought each other at least, if not in on the Ultimate Fighter, they fought each other in Invicta. Is this their yeah. third fight? It might be. I think they have m- multiple fights for sure. Like for real, is, isn't this like their third fight? It second could be fight, at least, right? This minimum second. Minimum or women's strawweight has not had a lot of new contenders, <laughs> to be honest. So they they're really just kind of shuffling the board with the same people. I'm gonna find out because I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm, I'm I know they fought at least they once. Fought once. They fought once. Okay, sure. Victor in the UFC in 2015. Yep, but they probably fought before that too. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think they fought in Invicta also. I think so too. I know both competed in Muay Thai as well. Um, Did Tish Torres compete in Muay Thai? I think so. I, I'm not 100% on that. I, I'm just assuming. Um, but then, then after that, though, I mean, it's all, after that, it's all important fights for the, as it pertains to the strap. Because yeah. to us, or when it comes to, like, fighting for the, the ultimate goal, which is getting a championship, these next three fights are super important. Michael Chiesa and Vicente Luque, excuse me, in the welterweight division. That's a big one. 
Number five and number six. And Kies uh, is on a win streak right now that if he wins this fight, he deserves a title shot. And Walter? Really yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would say that. I would say, what's up? If he wins, I think he gets Gilbert Burns. I think he definitely, I think he should definitely get a step up in competition if he wins this one. He's number five right now. And Vicente is number six. This should, if Mike, Mike Kiesa can win this decisively, he should be looking into a, his next fight should be a title eliminator. I'm not sure if he deserves a title shot based off. I mean, he does have some good. Yeah, he does have. A, he's, he's on a winning streak. Okay, but let's let's look. He looked. He beat. He beat um, Diego Sanchez, who's not a welterweight contender at all. Um, he got Rafael dos Anjos, who's a lightweight. Let's be honest. And he beat Neil Magny. That's a legit win. So if he beats, if he can get, if he can decisively beat. Luke, who's a legit welterweight contender, I think he does deserve to get into that title eliminator spot. But I feel like uh, in the welterweight division, we already got Kobe versus um, Usman announced. We didn't say that, but that got announced. Yeah, I mean, Kobe. I know that. I was saying he he deserves to be in the in the mix and talked about. Usman has already fought like everybody. That's true. And you, you got a guy right here that's on a nine-fight winning streak. Yes, some of it was in lightweight, but a nine-fight winning streak in the UFC is hard to come by. Period. He's on nine fights. Yeah. Oh, so his last loss was uh Kevin Lee. I thought yep. he beat. Ke- oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I thought he beat Kevin Lee. Let's or, see. Or was it Pettis? You're right. Pettis was his uh, last loss. He's, on a, He's only on like a four-fight win streak. Four-fight win streak. I'm about to say, the, the guy with the nine-fight win streak is um, Leon Edwards. Yeah, he Leon Edwards win already win deserves it, but they're doing everything they can not to give Leon Edwards a fight, so I don't even count him anymore. He's probably going to end up fighting uh, Masvidal. Burns is calling for that fight really hard right now. Burns wants Diaz. People are shitting on Edwards and deservingly so right now. No. Because Leon Edwards has refused like three different fights already because he wants more time off. Motherfucker just had two years off and he's asking for more time off. So So fuck him. You get used to the life, man. No, Leon's been the one accepting a lot of fights. He's been um, the one he took on. He accepted the um, Shemaya fight when no one else was. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the fights that he didn't get weren't his fault. He just couldn't get booked because of COVID. Arguing that, I'm just saying, once you get opportunities for fights where people are calling your name now, now you're saying no, I don't want to fight. I want more time off. When you were just complaining that you were off for two years, it's the same reason why I hate Francis Ngannou right now. Like he's sitting there like complaining and crying, like oh they're holding up the heavyweight division. I want to be an active fighter. And then when he gets offered fights, he's like, nope, I want more. Like, right Ooh, off both, the bat. Both guys just had a fight. Both guys you just mentioned. They they're both... not trying to fight, like, right now. They're trying to fight in a couple months. Um, 
I, I would I can't really say the same for Ngannou. He just came off a vacation after knocking out um Stipe. But Leon Edwards had a five round a five round fight with um Diaz where I'm pretty sure he took some damage. I mean he got rocked at the end of that at the end of it, but he you get damaged by beating other guy up too. I'm pretty sure his hands and legs are in a little sore after Burns was asking for December. I'm not saying I'm, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of that one. I, I I would I would love to see that fight. Um, I would love to see Gilbert versus um Leon in a title eliminator. So I'm I'm not campaigning against that fight at all. I I'm think it should happen. I I think the fights that make the most sense to to me, um, in the welterweight division, that fight makes a lot of sense. Also, um. I want to see Masvidal Leon settle that score eventually. I think there's no better time than right now. I really think that's what they're going to do. Or they might wait to see what's the outcome of this fight before they start lining up fights together. They can put that on the um, same card as the uh, Kobe versus the, 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 the Kobe Usman rematch. Have one, and or just have him make weight. In case somebody drops out, Gilbert or Leon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leon <clears throat> Gilbert, he's he's only got one that one win since he got beat by Usman, and it wasn't that impressive. I mean, he did the job; he got the job done. I mean, it's hard. Wonder Boy's tough. It's a tough opponent, right? He looked as good as you, you can look. I mean, obviously, there's some guys that Pettis finished them. So take that for what it's worth. But it's tough to beat Wonder Boy. He's a tough style to look good against. I so really gonna, think if uh, Kiesa wins, he'll probably end up fighting Gilbert Burns. But if Luke wins, he won't be fighting Gilbert Burns because, well, unless they don't care about being training partners. I know he's been in the corner of Luke before. So I don't know if they'll actually fight each other. Well, if Luke wins, I think Luke might get Leon again. They got that would be a rematch. I don't know if Leon accepts that one. I think right now Leon should just want the title shot, but he should also know that he's not getting it right now. Right, and I think that um, here's my idea of when it comes to being a champion. You should just make yourself undeniable. Like if you if instead of like sitting back and waiting, if you beat all the other contenders, you can't be denied. Like yes, that's why I kind of don't give. No one deserves a title shot unless you're literally beating everybody in in your path, which Leon is doing. So he definitely deserves a shot at the title. But just saying you deserve it without merit. Coming off of a loss, or and you own like a one or two fight win streak. I'm not sure that's that doesn't make any sense to me. But we already seen that the UFC don't give a shit about your credentials. Michael Chandler got a shot off one fight, so but he has previous credentials just in a different organization. Well, Leon is winning the UFC. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, like when you said how hard it is to stay around the company. It's even harder to keep winning. Right. Um, so I, I think that 
we we know that it's not just about who um who's the best. It's about what moves the needle. We can sell pay per views. That all that stuff comes into play. They um, already got the uh, building blocks for the Jorge and Leon fight. Like already, that fight could do real big numbers. Um, like you said, they already have the promos. No, they definitely got it. Mm-hmm. They got the tag or hashtag for it. All that. Two pieces of soul. Yeah, they got that shit already. Like they got it. They got everything they need to build that fight. But right. will they do it though? I don't think that's the UFC's call. That's the fighters' call. I think they would make that matchup anytime they want to make that matchup. That's that another, true. That's, that's that's another thing. I think that that fights up. It's like that sandwich in your pocket type fight, which if you don't have to eat it, you don't. This you're not gonna. And it's, that's the same with Connor and um the Connor Nate rematch. That's always gonna be there, no matter what the two guys' records are or none of that. That stuff doesn't matter. He's gonna fight Poirier again. He's definitely going to fight. He, listen, Connor might get a, a title shot. Um, yes. If Poirier, if Poirier fights Oliver and wins, Connor's going to get a fucking title shot. He's definitely getting a title shot. You know what I mean? So there's certain guys who got they they move like they make so much money that it doesn't it doesn't matter. That's why guys like Stipe, I mean, he used his one time against DC. He's not getting a direct rematch. He got to win again because he's not a needle mover. No one cares. He used to one time. He's a run back token. Run back token. He was one time already with DC. He he didn't even really get that. I mean, yeah, he got it was his next fight, but DC still took another fight in between. Yep. That's true. He took the headliner on this one. Then DC Um, used his run back token. Straight up. Like, it's, it's one thing to. Okay, you want to say that you want to use the guy's previous credentials in order to give them legitimacy to getting that title shot. I'm not pounding the table for Leon Edwards, but but damn, dude, like, what does he have to do? It's kind of like Tony Ferguson in a way. I kind of felt bad that, like, I'm like, this dude is doing everything he has to do to get the title shot. And some. What do you want? You hey, by the way, had to, uh, have DC hurt his back? Yes, that's true. DC had to throw out his back by sneezing in order to get a title shot. You see? It's, it's, it's insane to me, man. Um, moving on to a... Um, I think that... Well, I'm not going to move on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little, about, a little bit about Vicente. We did talk about Mikiesa a lot. I want to talk about Vicente's future. Like... Um, Alaska hurt him pretty bad and buried him in that welterweight um, division, given that there's so many guys coming up. And, um, you know, like this is, it's, a, it's a tough division because the, the champion seems pretty bulletproof. Kamal seems pretty tough right now. And he's basically lapping the competition. Like he's fighting a lot of rematch. Every potential title contender outside of Michael Chiesa is a rematch and he's already won that fight. So Vicente though, if he can get an impressive win, let's say he comes in, he starches Michael Chiesa. Now he got some options. And he can be um in that title picture as well. So I'm, he always um, goes on the street, then he loses, then he goes on another street. 
know, he might be on that streak again. I guess that's just a testament to how tough this division is. Because he's an excellent fighter. Vicente Luque is an excellent fighter. We saw his matchup against Wonderboy, and Wonderboy was putting it to him. It was a good fight, but Wonderboy was getting the better of those exchanges, and Vicente stayed in there and hung, hung tough. Yep. So, and that's another fight fighter that Kamaro hasn't faced that he just can't make it up the ladder. They probably uh, train together as well. Since he trains with uh, Gilbert. Yeah. So they probably had some sparring sessions in the gym before. Yeah. Once you get to the top level, it's like iron sharpens iron. So you're going to come across the contenders in your division in training. You're going to see him. Yeah, but with Luke, I feel if he wins, he'll probably get. I really don't see him fighting Gilbert Burns. He might get Leah Edwards, but I doubt it. He might be the guy that has to fight backwards, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's ranked number six. Let's be fair. Like, it's not like it's he's on a long win streak or nothing like that. So also, it, it depends on the actual winner of the welterweight title fight, too. Because if Kobe loses... That he's in prime position to go up against uh, Luke if he loses this next fight. Yeah. Because by then, by the time they fight, I'm pretty sure Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, and Leon Edwards will all have a fight booked. True. Very true. Most likely. Makes sense. But the Two and three should fight each other. Gilbert Burns and Leon Edwards. That could be right there. Winner of that gets next shot at the title. Right. I like that. I just don't. I like that. Like from a math standpoint, from a pure math standpoint, it makes sense. However, individually speaking, it doesn't. Because individually speaking, you got one guy on a long win streak who hasn't gotten a crack yet. And one guy on a one-fight winning streak who has had a crack already. Like, Gilbert Burns, already he fought the champion two fights ago and got bodied. Then he went on, then he, his next fight was a lackluster event versus Wonderboy. I'm telling you, right now, it, it probably depends on who wins this fight on Saturday. Yeah. If Kiesa wins, I think he'll fight Gilbert Burns. And Leon Edwards will end up matching up against Masvidal. I like that. I, That's I like what that. I think happens. Yeah, regardless, really. Hmm? I like that regardless. Because yeah. even, it just requires one thing to happen on Saturday. Right. It, it, requires, it requires Kiesa to win. Yep. It, we'll see. That's what, that's what we're here for, man. You know, anything can happen in a fight. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, main, co-main event, we got the long-time... King of Rio, Jose Aldo, at number five in the Bantamweight division, taking on Pedro Munoz, who's number nine. Um, Jose's a slight favorite in this one at minus 140. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little biased in these next two fights, obviously, because these are two of my favorite fighters. Um, Jose's one of my favorite fighters of all time, so this rarely is going to be a fight where I'm picking against him. 
I actively root for him pretty much every time he fights because uh, I'm just a, I'm a fan. Um, however, he's creeping up on that. He's a number five, and he's creeping up to get into that title picture again. And Jose is one of the best in the world, especially like when, the things that we mentioned earlier about people not having killer instinct and people not being dogs. He ain't that. That's one thing that he does have. If he if Jose has you hurt, he knows how to put you away. And he can win in fights where it's a coin flip, where it's a back and forth battle. So I'm excited about this one. What do you think, guys? Going with uh, Aldo. I'm always going to go with Aldo. Same with me. I'm very biased for Aldo. He's just a fucking killer. I don't think he's done. I still think that he may not be in his prime anymore, but he ain't that far past it. So, but Pedro, it's a tough fight. I want to do easy. MMA math on this one, huh? You want to do MMA math on this one? Oh yeah, you can. Munoz lost to Frankie Edgar. <laughs> My decision. Yes. Aldo got two dubs on uh, Frankie by decision, right? Yes. Right? Uh, hey, MMA math. Two is greater than one, right? Yeah, I think so. Then uh, the variable is uh, Frankie. And one lost to him and one beat him. I don't know. You see this fight? This is, a, this is, a, this is a pretty pivotal fight for Jose's career. Because Mark alluded to something pretty important. You you said that Jose Aldo is out of his prime, but not far out of it. Both of these guys have been been in the fight game for a long, long time. Even though Pedro Munoz is moniker as the young Punisher, he ain't that young. He's got twenty four fights. Well, actually, twenty five fights. He had one no contest. Um, Aldo has almost forty. He has exactly 35. He's 28 and 7. Um, I, I'm a really big fan of Jose Aldo, as I mentioned before, but this is an important fight for him because if he can get, if he can look impressive versus Pedro Munoz, if you look at the top five of the, the Bantamweight division, I mean, you got Aljamain, the champion, controversially. Peter Yan, who's the number one contender, who in all reality is, I mean, he made himself out of the title. But he's a tough, he is the champion, um, realistically speaking. But then, you know, those top, in that top three, you got some killers. Because TJ Dillashaw is number two. And you got I guess what San Hagen's number four now? Who's number four now? San Hagen's uh, number Rob three. Font? Rob Font's four. Okay, so Rob Font's four. Mm-hmm. And going forward, every single fight from number five up is a championship level fight because every single one of those guys can legitimately they either have the throne or they can legitimately claim it. So this is a pivotal fight for Jose Aldo. If he can look impressive in this, 
he's in the bantamweight title picture. Given his name, given his legacy, and the fact that he's a star. Like, he's already a star. So, if Jose can look impressive against Pedro Munoz, you're talking about a legitimate uh, title contender for the bantamweight division, in my eyes. I agree. He's he hasn't been he's never been in a place where he isn't a title contender in the UFC or the WEC. And he's doing it once again. He's proven that he can be right there in the title picture and I think he could become Bantamweight champion personally. I don't know if he'll hold it as long as he used to, but I think he'd be champ. He had a tough fight with Pierre Yan. Um, and I think it's matchup based. It depends on who he would be up against, in my opinion. Because I think he would struggle with a guy like Pierre Yan, who's that heavy output kind of uh, tank type. I think he'll struggle against that. He struggles against guys with high output. Max Holloway showed that um, twice. And I, you saw we saw the fight he had with Piotr Yan, who's the number one contender. Um, the guys he matches up well against, though, is usually the grapplers. He can he can does he does he's basically the the wrestler killer. So like, I think Aljamain, if he were to get past Piotr Yan, that would be an interesting matchup. Um, Aljamain versus um versus Jose Jose Aldo. Rob Font, I don't know. Um, That's a good matchup. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a that would be a barn burner, I think. And but, Cody, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Cody either. I think that also. He bodies Cody in my mind. The the one I would be more worried about is I don't I don't know how he would do against TJ. That would be a technical battle because I think they're both stand. Well, TJ has wrestling, and unless he. I, I think he fell in love with his striking. You know, TJ has wrestling. He doesn't use it anymore. Not as much as he um, is earlier in his career. He was fight with nothing but wrestling. More, he, he won that fight with more pressure because he wasn't, even though he did wrestle, it wasn't effective. Like, he um, he was able to... to, to um, he took his back a lot. That's what he did. He took his back yeah. a lot. He controlled mm-hmm. a lot. He had a lot of control. That's fair. You're right about that. That's fair. Again, though, I think that TJ would be um, holding the wrestler killer, though. Uh, win for Aldo probably leaves him in the same spot. I don't see him, like, moving forward. Because he's on a two-fight like... losing streak, even though one of those he won? No, he's on a one-fight winning streak. Oh, yeah. he's on one fight winning streak. You're right. I'm saying he has two uh, losses before that. One oh, to yeah, the yeah. former and and then the other one, he technically won. Yeah. He, I thought he won that fight. Yeah, I think I thought he won uh, the right. The only person that doesn't think that uh, Marlon or that Aldo didn't win that fight is Marlon. Yeah, of course. <laughs> He's the only one that doesn't think it. I, I got the dub by my name. I won. Exactly. <laughs> I beat the legend. He looks scared in that fight. I ain't gonna lie. Wouldn't you be scared? Hell yeah. Fucking Scarface staring at you in the face. 
<laughs> oh, hey, you remember how we were talking about direct rematches? That's one dude that never got a direct rematch that deserved one. Nope. Although, if y'all want to talk about rematches, he deserved a rematch. Oh, yeah, and the Connor one, yeah. Yes. Even though he got slept, he, he, got, I mean, he didn't get a rematch. Whoa, what was that about? Excuse me. He didn't Damn. get a rematch like how uh, Stipe got a rematch or DC got a rematch. He did against Max, right? He did against Max. But that was kind he of a fluke also. Because he remember, Max the... was supposed to be fighting uh, Frankie yeah. Edgar, but Edgar had to pull out of that fight. And that's why Aldo got the rematch. Interesting. Interesting. But it should have been Aldo rematching against Connor. 100% ran like he does in his fights. But Connor got uh, gifted a uh, lightweight title fight that turned into a Nate Diaz fight. Yeah. Yeah. Then he I got love. choked out. Then got a, gifted a Nate Diaz fight. Again. Then he got the lightweight title fight. Any over is. So do you think it would have been different if RDA fought Connor instead of yeah. Alvarez? Absolutely. Yes. You think Connor would have lost? I don't know. Probably. I won't say 100%. It's a fight. No telling, but I, th- I think it would have been a better matchup. I think Eddie Alvarez is like, he's tough, but his, he's a, Connor has the edge in that stylistically because he's just so easy to hit. Slick Counter Striker is going to beat a brawler almost every time. Yeah. He's like easy pickings for a guy like Connor. Whereas um, RDA is so much more technical. Like, he's going to make you have to use every level to beat him. Or he's going to overwhelm you. That's kind of what RDA's like MO his whole career. The guys that beat him, you got you to gotta bring it. You can't just like have one, be a one trick pony. So, you guys ready to talk about this dude that we've been talking about all year? Mr. Serial Gone. Dude, like literally, we've been talking about him since the first show, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. And now he has look been where a staple at. on Ashy Knuckles. We've been, we've been on for what, Here. six, five, six months, give or take? Oh, yeah. And look where he's at now from where he was. We were hyping him then. Now he's a title contender. Now he's fighting for the interim belt. So, right, he's going from he's he's not he's he's gone from prospect to potential champion because he's right now he's fighting for the recently oddly vacant UFC heavyweight title. So he's fighting for the interim belt between. Against a personal and fan favorite in Derek Lewis. Not vacant. It's just why did they make it an interim title belt? Why are they I mean, talking about Stipe fighting the winner of this instead of actually going for a fucking title shot? Oh my goodness! Exactly. So he's going to win the interim belt. There, there's one problem with this whole situation. Somebody that didn't want to or didn't want to be inactive is being inactive. <laughs> this is what's happening, bro. 
I'm gonna tell. I, I keep. I, I bought this up before, and I'm sticking to my guns on this, man. These all these guys who have when you become champion, things are different. Mm-hmm. You go from the hunter to the hunted. However, you now have a platform. Like you have power. You have bargaining chips as the champion. The pay level goes up, and everybody is now looking at you in order to um, reach their dreams. So what's happening is a lot of these guys are seeing the big paydays everywhere else. And they're like, look, I got the belt. So if you want me to fight anybody, you got to pay me now. Because I've done all this other shit for, for the for the low ski. For the cheap. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like NFL in a way. And, and fans usually get heated about this. Usually fans um, side with the organization on this. Because fans want to see the best play. They, want, they don't want to see a player holding out for a contract. They don't want to see a player fighting over money in their minds when they're already overpaid. Um, but for an athlete, they understand this one thing. They understand that right now is the only time they ever have leverage in any kind of contract dispute is if you have the belt. You have some leverage because like, we've seen guys walk away from the sport with the belt over contract disputes because they just look, they stuck to their guns. They're like, look, you're either going to pay me what I feel I'm worth or I'm not going to compete because you know that I've competed without being paid what I'm worth multiple times. And I think that's where the current champion, heavyweight champion, um, light heavyweight champion, they're all falling in that same spot. They're like, look, we know you can. You have the ability to pay us. We know you do because we see what you pay um, a certain Irishman. So you're going to pay us the, what, we're, what we're worth or we're just going to sit out. And the UFC's taking kind of a hard stance on that. They're like, look, we're not going to pay you. And they're not paying them. So just the same as when you see guys in the NFL have these contract disputes and end up sitting out. It usually hurts the, the, the company sometimes pays Sometimes not. And Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gan is a, um, a product of the company taking a hard stance. That's why this is an interim title bout instead of being what it actually is, a number one contender bout. I mean, I agree with you, but the difference between the NFL and the UFC is... There's a couple players on the team that could really hurt a team's effort in the NFL. So they're more likely to pay that guy. The only person you're hurting in the UFC is yourself. Because as you're trying to fight and stand strong about not getting paid enough, you get paid absolutely nothing. Plus, the UFC has your contract, and you can't go anywhere else. So, And I mean, they signed the contract. Right. It's actually, it's actually much more. It's they have way more similarities than they do not. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the NFL, it's the same thing. If you're a top tier player and you don't, you're under contract. And if you don't, I was 
you want to play under the contract that you have and you t- you hold out. Not only do you not get paid, you get fined, and they right. also own the rights to where you can go. So you can't just go apply for another job. The only difference in uh, well, the same as in sorry with the UFC athletes, um, a guy like Francis Ngannou, who is now a bona fide star, and a guy like John Jones, who is also a star, they can both yes, they both can sit out, and they both can't move because the company has owns their they they they're still on the contract, right? Mm-hmm. However. They, they're both still champions. No, neither one of these guys have lost. They're, 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 they're a champion by default. Not by default, but they, they lost their championships by default. And whenever they decide to come back, they're still the cream of the crop. And they're still going to have that bargaining power as far as getting a bigger payday. So I think that um, they're playing their cards right, in my opinion. I think it's... Um, we've, we talked about this earlier in the show where you were surprised when we heard that somebody was still getting 10 and 10. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I am surprised at that. I'm surprised that fighters by themselves are actually agreeing to those contracts, though. That's what, my point with this. What like, other choice do these guys have? Like, we, we talked about it earlier, too with the UFC being the only show in town in most people's eyes. Like, if you're not the UFC champion, if you're not fighting for the UFC, you're not a professional, even though you are. If you so, fight in Bellator, you're a professional, you're a professional mixed martial artist. And you might be making more money than a guy in UFC. You, what you do is you negotiate your contracts right, is what you do. Honestly. That's when you're a commodity that they want. Mind. So, like, some of the, like, lower-end people for the 10 and 10s, they can still get more than 10 and 10, but maybe not not much better. What well, you well, should well, do is you should take those three-fight contracts that they give you, fight your three fights, prove your fucking point. You don't have to go to the cream of the crop right off the bat. Just fight some cans in the UFC. All right, I'm on a three-fight winning streak. Renegotiate your contract. Do another three-fight contract renegotiate your contract the problem is a lot of these motherfuckers just keep signing the fucking deal and doing the same thing and then all of a sudden they become popular and they're like oh well now they're still paying me shit well you didn't negotiate right this is all a game of negotiation well well, mark consider this if the if the guys who are who are established who have been um living out their contracts and fighting for lower um price points in their contracts, guys who who have outperformed their contracts because, well, um, if they can't get a shot, if they can't get a bigger piece of the cut, then how on on earth is someone who's who doesn't have those credentials going to negotiate a better deal? Like how though you build how, those how credentials, you know, all these wait. top level guys that aren't getting paid enough are all guys that did a shitty job negotiating their contracts. One hundred percent. They waited till they were in this point, like where they're at, because they were a contender. They were up and comer. They were building a name for themselves beforehand. Francis had that opportunity. But how many times have you heard them complaining about, oh, well, they just signed a contract one fight ago and now they want more money. That's the wrong time to ask. You got to ask it once you've actually fulfilled your contract. 
Hey, did did they ever come up with the fighters union yet? Or no, is that it'll never happen. Never happen. Yeah, it'll never happen. That's not how negotiations work at all? Because even if you're under contract, if you're underperforming your contract, what happens? You can get cut. You but that's part cut. of the contract. Correct. Well, but if you're outperforming your contract, should you then be paid more? No. Because it's a business. It's it's literally a business. Like if you're you not can request, you can no, request. But you can't. But you can't request. You don't. You don't have a say so in if you're out. If you're underperforming your contract, you just cut, or you can be moved on from, right? But if you're doing, if you're exceeding expectations, because at the time, at the time you signed that contract, you signed it based off what you did previous, right, or what your potential could be. Mm-hmm. So you're signing that contract based off those numbers. If I can, give, I'll, I'll give you an NFL comparison. If you take a guy like a guy who's um, a draft pick and he's a high draft pick, you expect him to do good, but you don't know. You just, you know that you're paying him based off his draft slot. But let's say two, in two years, now he's the best player in his position. He's still in the contract. Mm-hmm. But he's outperformed that contract. They're he's hoping he, to get that payday. Correct. So now it's like, all right, well, you're either going to pay him or someone else will because he's outperformed his contract. And the same with some of these guys. Um, yeah, they may have signed that contract, but it could go both ways. This is a brutal sport. We already know that. So it can go... If you can rip off two or three L's, and now you're looking at the unemployment line, but if you rip off two or three wins, you're staring at a title shot, and you should be compensated for that because you can't. It, it, it can go the other way pretty easily. So you should be fighting for a bigger piece of that pie. Just because you sign on the dotted line doesn't mean that that company now owns you. You it should be collectively bargained the way it is with um any contract like it's it's it shouldn't be ironclad as if you signed your name on this line therefore you must play it out because it's not played that way on both sides if you sign your name on that dotted line and you underperform you're looking at it getting fired but if you sign your name on that dotted line and you overperform you should be compensated more if you're going to play it both ways that way unless you're not make it guaranteed you sign for 10 fights you get 10 fights regardless of result but you also have the championship contract on there. That is part of your contract, and that is part of the fight bout agreement. That in the championship contract, it says that if you win this fight, you become champion. The deal or your your fights get added on this many fights onto your contract, and you get paid this much money more. Really? So you're still that. agreeing to that price point. The only difference in this situation right now is Naganu saw the John Jones fight as a possibility and he was like, "Oh, big payday. I'm not getting that big big payday for John Jones, so now I'm going to hold out." That's the only difference. That's why they had that whole big spiel about George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisbing and part of that contract was he had to have an extra four fights on his contract, but he decided to retire. Right, he was gonna have to do four fights at middleweight. It was part of the championship contract. I'm not trying to be a contrarian here, but I don't. I'm not a lawyer for the UFC or the fighters, so I don't know what their contracts actually look like. I don't know the language that's in in the contracts at all. I'm just looking at it from 
um, an outsider's perspective, and I know the facts that if you underperform, you will get cut. And if you overperform, you're not automatically compensated for that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to be a contrarian. However, I will say this. These guys are all prize fighters. So, and the thing about UFC is, like you said earlier, you're like, why do they get, I know the answer to why they sign these bad contracts. Because if you don't fight for it, someone else will. Someone will take the contract. Yes. Yeah. The first contract, I agree with you. But you you don't just go one contract at a time, though. Like, you sit there, you do one contract. Yes, you agree to that shitty-ass contract as the first one. But then your next one, you ask for more money. Then you ask for more money. It's just like, it's the same thing as being in your regular asking for a promotion. You can underperform and get fired from your job, or you can overperform and they can still tell you you ain't getting this promotion and you ain't getting a fucking raise. Well, the only difference, look, the biggest difference in that is that you can go anywhere else in the country and request that. When you're fighting under, the, like, if, when you're at a company that owns a monopoly of in your field, like the NFL does in football, there's no competitors for NFL and football for professional sports. You either play NFL football or, you, or you're not if you're a professional football player. And in UFC, they have that moniker for mixed martial arts, in America especially. Um, so you, you can't just go like, all right, well, I'm outperforming my deal. I'm going to take, take my talents elsewhere. You're, like you say, you're under contract. You if, you that, have a job take, if you had if you had Publix or Costco or some shit, you can't go, you can go to any other, you can literally quit your job and go to any other place in the country with your credentials and go like, all right, listen, this is, this is what I bring to the table. I want to be paid. And this. with a three fight contract, you can fight three cans and then go to Bellator and ask for more money. Yeah. I, mean, you, you, I mean, you can technically, but you're not, that's not the same level. Like you're, um, it's not the same comparison. But let's say, for instance, you do, right? Because um, it's not impossible. Bellator is a professional league. Um, they're not up to par with UFC. But let's, let's just play that. Let's play devil's advocate with that. Let's say you get a guy like John Jones um, to go over to Bellator and fight Ryan Bader for the heavyweight title. Um, the payday could be huge there. We just saw Bellator give out a, a million dollars to their featherweight grant for their featherweight grand prix. Featherweight grand prix. It was a bonus, right? Um, the amount of money that the UFC generates is significantly, I would assume, is significantly bigger than Bellator is, given that they UFC has pay per view, and it's significant, right? I agree, so, but that um, has to be in your contract also. You have to have pay-per-view points in your contract. Right. But, but when it comes to negotiation, the uh, company has an edge over the individual, given that the individual can't afford the same amount of lawyers or they don't have the same amount of leverage as the company does. The company itself... Like you, like I said earlier, they can just if say if John Jones doesn't want to take that fight against Francis, they have five other guys that will for cheaper. Exactly. So the, the, the leverage battle is not in that fighter's favor. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think some of these contract disputes are really ridiculous. Because once again, to do these disputes only hurts yourself. You fight out your contract, and then that's when you fight for it. Because at that point, you have a lot more leverage because you can literally just go, hey, 
I'm your champion. Our contract's up. I want this much money, or I'm going to go to this other organization. Versus, you know, right now, all he's doing is sitting there going, I want this much money, and then just losing on payday after payday. But but are you, though? Because if you look at those guys who are, let's say, hypothetically speaking, he was going to make 200000 for for his fight. As as champion, Francis Ngannou makes seven hundred thousand. Let's just I was just, okay. I was getting, I was okay. So let's say he makes. Let's let's clean up. Let's go a cool meal. Let's say he makes. Okay. A, he make a, let's say he make a million. Give him extra hundred thousand. If he waits, and he actually gets a fight, say say he waits um a, a year. He doesn't yeah, fight. Okay. Say, let's, let's assume he fights two fights a year, so he would have made two million. But then he waits uh, a year or two years. And then he gets a fight, and he gets booked for five million. I think that's a um, that's that makes more sense. And that yeah, that would be renegotiating your contract versus. No, but that's, that's, very, that's, very, that's very possible, given the fact that we've seen um, fighters come off of inactivity and get paid similar numbers. Well, so that's, that's that's, like that's John what, Jones is a good example of this. John Jones gets paid probably a couple mil after pay-per-view points every fight. Now he's going to sit out for two years and he could have fought three times a year. How many millions do you think he lost? Um, Versus how much he would have made off just one fight. Right. But that's the thing. Like if he was asking for, well, the we saw negotiations break down somewhere in a neighborhood of like ten plus million, right? Like ten plus million was offered. Yes. Right? So if he's making two million per fight, then that ten mil plus obviously crushes a whole year of activity. Cause even if you fight for three, three times a year, that's six million. And that's a fight he could have had, but he didn't want that. But what's, that's what I'm saying. That, that lets you know if they're offering 10, it's like going to a car dealership or something like that. If, someone, if you're negotiating and someone's willing to give you 10, they can probably do more. So if they're offering you 10, I'm, he's, I think he's correctly assuming that they can offer more. And if he has to wait a year to settle in the middle, let's say if he asked for, let's say he asked for 60 million and they offered him 10. But if he waits a year and he gets twenty, then he's already doubled up. John Jones will never get offered twenty million. This, he's not worth twenty million. All I'm saying is, listen, I'm not. I'm not saying what he's worth. I'm not saying what's impossible. But I know that if they're offering ten, they could do more. And if um, I, he's taking, he's using the only bargaining chip that he has, and that's literally not fighting. There's no other bargaining chip for him. He could have came down on it, though. That's that's what I'm saying. He negotiated wrong. They offered him 10 mil. He said, if I remember correctly, it was somewhere around 30 is what he wanted. Right. And basically, that just shuts down negotiations on the other end. He went way too high. No, that's that's, 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 that's pretty much standard negotiating. Because if you take... um, you, if you offer a number that's like unreasonable, the other person has to either counter or walk away. And walking away is the most powerful position you can take in negotiations. 
So if if so if someone goes, okay, I'm offering you ten million, and you go, okay, well, I want sixty, and they go like, look, look, that's not even that's not even remotely close to what we're gonna pay. Because let's say, because like technically speaking, if they're offering ten, no one's ever offering you the max that they can do. It's always. I'm agreeing with you on that point, right. but I'm so saying you can't right. help price yourself either. Correct. It's so, like, so it, it, in in that case, I think it will probably end up being somewhere closer to like 15, somewhere closer to uh, 20. 15 or 20 makes sense. I um, think if he would have offered 15, like if they said uh, offered 10, and he goes, "I want 15," I think this fight would already been done. But right. uh, he overshot it. it. It's like going to a used car dealership and being like. Oh, you want me to pay twenty grand for this car, but I'm only going to give you ten grand for it. They're going to tell you to get the fuck off the lot. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, have so, they announced anything for December yet? For um, you, any fights in general, or yeah, I don't think they went that far yet. So we we still might get a Francis and John Jones fight in December. It's very possible. And already said it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, then we'll get the winner of this Dana fight White against Francis. Yeah, I don't you'll trust, get the winner of I don't, this fight against him. Hold on. I don't trust Dana White's um, word on that. Because Dana White says a lot of shit that um, in the moment. And Brian Jones so. also said he wouldn't be ready until 2022. So, yeah. I wouldn't even try to hold that. If the numbers are right, I'm pretty sure that timeline will get sped up dramatically. On either side. Well, once they come to terms with the numbers, then uh, we'll see that shit like... We'll see a miraculous turnaround. Alright, so enough about the money talks. Who you guys got winning this uh, Saturday? Derek Lewis. I want Derek Lewis to win. I'm, um... I mean, he's coming in. Uh, he's a plus two seventy underdog. I'm a fan. The same as Aldo. Every time Derek Lewis gets in the cage, um, I'm cheering for him, and I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. So I want, I want to see him win. I think Cyril Gunn's the better overall fighter. No doubt. One hundred percent. Yeah. However, Derek Lewis can look on an elephant, so. Dude, he he has a time to win throughout the whole fight. Yeah, all twenty five minutes of it, he's got time to win. Every second of it, and all it takes is one, and it could happen. And here's the here's the thing about this fight that's really really intriguing. Cyril Gaon, for as good as he is, I mean, he's legit, man. Like, he, he's good at distance management. He's really good at technical striker. He's a fucking giant dude. Like, he's big. He's listed at 6'4", 240, but I think that's a little bit. I think they're undershooting him a little bit. I think he might be underrepping a little bit. Um, I think he's a little bit taller and definitely heavier. I think he might be six five. I think he's six five two sixty. Um, the same as how they have um, Biggie Boy listed at six four, and he's actually six two. You know, I think sometimes guys um, overshoot, and they got Derek Lewis at six three two sixty. There's no fucking way he's two sixty. Derek Lewis two sixty my ass. I think he's two 
think he weighed in at 260 last time. That's why. He's trying to get down to 245. That's what he said. Pushing three bills. Like, for sure. For real. He might be, he might can cut down to 260, but he ain't 260. He's not a 260 pound guy. Um, With that being said, Cyril's pretty inexperienced. Um, And even though he has a lot of kickboxing experience, and, you don't um, even have a lot of kickboxing experience. Well, he, so he has more. So that's what I meant to say. I, I sorry, I didn't misspeak a little bit. He has more experience than his mixed martial arts record shows. He has not. He's nine and zero in mixed martial arts, but he has more fights outside of mixed martial arts. Not a lot more. Well, this fight—he's not gonna. Uh, if he gets taken down, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Straight I, up. In fact. I can see him taking Derrick Lewis down. No, I'm saying if he gets taken down, I'll be shocked. No. Oh, but but Derrick Lewis is an all-American wrestler now. Do you know do you not know that now? Yeah, but I'm saying, but I'll be shocked if he gets taken down. And he's a purple belt. I will be too. <laughs> I will be shocked. If it's I've I've seen this as a stand-up battle, and really with uh with Cyril Gone, he's really good at, he's really good at staying safe, staying in that spot where only he can hurt you. And that doesn't bode well for Derrick Lewis. The only thing I would say is if Derrick Lewis can somehow turn this into a firefight or somehow turn this fight into a point where he can get get in range of Sirogan and hit him, he can put anybody away. We don't know what kind of chin Sirogan has because he's not been really tested. And that's a really little up or anything. Not at all. The only guy that we thought could so far, um, well, two guys that we thought could so far on his ascension up was Alexander Volkanovsky because he had the reach. Volkov, not Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky is a midget in comparison. Um, Alexander Volkov, we thought he can give him um, a test because of the technical striking ability and the reach and biggie boy we knew he had the power to be able to put anybody away but in both fights Cyril Gaon was able to be relatively safe and he used so, his distance and everything he controlled mm-hmm. like the fight on the feet basically right he, he does a really good job of hitting and not getting hit so we don't know what kind of chin he has at all. Like we we only know that he's a really good hammer. Because when he got guys hurt, he does put them away. He got some submissions. And we also know he's really good at not getting hit. What we don't know is how he faces adversity. We do know that about Derek. We know that Derek can be getting beaten and battered the whole fight and still have a shot. Prove that. He's proved that a lot. And we also know that Derek can knock out anybody if he connects. So, mm-hmm. uh, this fight, man, I really, like I said, I'm leaning, I'm leaning Derek Lewis only because I don't, the inexperience of, of gone, and I don't know what kind of chin he has. He could be a glass cannon for all we know. Like, we don't, we don't, we have no clue about what kind of chin this guy has. And Derek Lewis is the kind of guy that, if your chin is suspect, at all, we that, don't that, find out. We don't find, we don't out. find out. Yeah, 
a grazing shot from Derek Lewis will tell you if you have a chin or not. I'm yeah. telling you, man, he wins it at home. Oh my god, that place is gonna erupt. Oh yeah. Um in Houston. Man, that's gonna that's insane. It's gonna like, be insane atmosphere. Like uh I guess they already got set up for like what corner they're gonna be in, so Derek Lewis is obviously coming out second since he's in the red corner. And yeah. you know, the crowd's gonna go nuts as soon as he starts walking out. They're probably gonna boo the shit out of cereal. <laughs> We don't see how he can handle that too. That from that from a mental standpoint of going into like the lions then, like going into enemy territory, because it's it's not it's not like every matchup is this every venue is the same. Oh, this and is like it's more than just the enemy territory, because it's like you know, he's from France, right? And then he's fighting uh somebody from the United States. Not only in the United States, but their hometown that they're fighting from or whatever, right? Right. So it's it's he's going to the ultimate enemy territory. There's definitely home field advantage here. For every, go ahead, Mark. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say it, it has shown in the past though where uh, athletes have tried to overperform because they are in front of their own hometown. So that's they, true. They tend to choke up. I don't think that's gonna be a problem for Derek Lewis though, because I don't think he gives a fuck about anything. No, he don't. He just needs some Popeyes, bro. I just want to see a he's okay moment. I do too. <laughs> he's okay. I, I would love nothing more. Nothing would make me more satisfied with this matchup than seeing Derek Lewis completely start Cyril Gone and do his little chest pound smash. Dude, what if he somehow gets to fight Francis and wins that title? Oh, he's already got a W on, over Francis, so. Right? He's got one. <laughs> they going to do does. a trilogy with that? He does. Possibly. Realistically speaking, though, man, I, I don't really see that many wins for Derek in this fight, even though I want him to. I just don't see that. I don't. I see Cyril Gan doing much, much more of the same and getting the UD. I, I see that one punch happening is the only way. Well, I, mean, I, I love that. Trust I'm me. Cool that, I'm my cool that. That, that'd be even and, crazier. And betting wise, I mean, come on. I'm I'm definitely taking Derek Lewis at home minus two seventy. You know what I mean? Like he's a dog or the favorite? He's a do- a huge dog. Oh, so he's plus? Oh, uh, still guys minus two seventy. I don't know what uh, Derek Lewis numbers. Let me see. I gotta go back. Hold on. Derek Lewis is plus two two seventy. No, still guys yeah. minus three fifty. My bad. Yeah. Derek oh, yeah. Derek's favorite. Damn. Yeah. For real, going with cereal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of legit though. Like, given both guys' fighting styles, I think that like cereal should be a big fave. Like I said, if you if you're if your only way to win is a puncher's chance, then the guy the other guy's uh in good shape. Yeah, but that's a hell of a puncher's chance. That shit yeah. don't go away when he gets tired. It's still there. That's, that's the true. only plus that he has over Francis, because Francis and his game are exactly the same. They're exactly yeah. the same. But Derek's doesn't fade. Yeah, Francis, Francis is a lot fade. more. Francis is more explosive. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Derek, even though he can get credit for it, he's he's actually pretty technical with his yeah, boxing. Yeah, he has hand speed like crazy. Yeah, and he knows how to find um, angles to let, to put put that shot right on your chin. Because like that that shot he landed against Curtis Blades was beautiful. That uppercut was that was textbook. That was mm-hmm. that was nice. I'm I'm trust me. Every I want Derek Lewis to to win this fight, and I'm definitely gonna. I mean, if, especially if the numbers go up, which I I assume they probably will. You never know though, because like last, what people are doing now in the UFC, like becoming more popular, is people are like loading up on the favorites and betting like heaps. So that does cause some line changes. Like last night, um, Brian Barberina. Was uh, I think he was a minus two fifty favorite, and some dude like tweeted that he had ten grand on Brian Barberina. Oh, yeah, he, that he got that hurt. That's the, but it's like most of the time you're gonna win those when you're picking those big favorites. You're gonna win, as opposed to betting the dogs. Except last night, the dogs had a. It was it was a dog dog it was a doggy dog world last night. Well, that's not even true. It's a bad statement. It was like it was all dogs go to heaven because I think uh, <laughs> the underdogs were like five and one at one point. Damn. So if you bet all underdogs, you did it. You had, you made some money. If you bet all favorites, you got barbecued. But I, I like Derek Lewis in this one. It's um. As far as my heart's concerned, I want him to win. But, uh, hmm. I think, uh, Cyril Gunn is definitely gonna, he's lit his, there's a reason why he's a minus 350 favorite, and it's gonna be tough to, it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be tough, it's a really tough test for Derek. But that's how a championship fight should be. It should be like, uh, a, a really, it should be a moment where you overcome a lot of odds or, Something crazy happens. And this is technically a championship fight, dog. I think this fight's going to be good. Regardless. Oh, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Do you think he's going to You think he gets to the fifth? No. I actually, I, I wouldn't mind it going to the fifth just because I want to see what happens. If it goes yeah. to the fifth and goes to decision, I think Serial won. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't think somebody could take that much damage from Derrick Lewis. Five rounds of getting beat up by Derrick Lewis? I don't see that happening. Yeah. Do you, you think it's going to be five rounds of getting beat up by Derrick Lewis? Or is it going to no. be five rounds of technical, like... That could happen. Yeah. That's the only way it goes five rounds. Then they, then, then you get two questions. The Cyril, can Cyril go that long? Can five Cyril go did. Didn't he yeah. fight uh, Rosenstrike? I think uh, his last two fights have both been five rounders. Yeah, both decisions. Yeah, so he can go that long. Doesn't mean they were exciting fights, though. No, it's a lot of in and outs. You can't hit me. I'll jab you here. Like what was the output like? Do you you remember? Was the output uh, at least moderate? It was it wasn't bad for a heavyweight. Okay, because you know that Derek's gonna go for it. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's a different kind of it's a different kind of pressure. That's one thing that will give Derek Lewis credit for. He does put the pressure on. Like it's not like he's he he threatens with what he has, which is his power. He's threatening that the entire fight. So you don't uh, have I could see uh serial going for a takedown or something. Or a sub I can, I can see that too. A sub attempts. I can see that too. But Derek's got amazing takedown defense and the fact that he can hurt you on the way in or just get up. Like I was, it's so crazy, like his ability just to stand up. Like I'm like, what the it's not even technical. He's just like No, no, it's just strength. It's he's strength. like, I'm just up. <laughs> Just like uh, Ovant St. Prue might take over that uh, the Von Flu choke and make it the Von Pru choke, I think Derek Lewis might have to coin the Derek Lewis stand up. Like, that's his jujitsu, bro. I don't know. I think uh, this is going to be interesting because I, I want to see how Cyril can handle a firefight. Hey, you so know, did anything get announced yet? For which one? Any, any new news? Is there any new news? There was a bunch of fight announcements. What fight announcements we got? The only well, one I know of is uh, Kobe and uh, Usman. Correct. Chandler and Gaethje. Those are the only two I know of. Well, big fight. Right. Let's see. What would we miss? We had. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I, I don't know why I'm missing it right now, but let's go. Let's let's look it up. The Douglas Lima versus Michael Page two that I mentioned earlier, MVP that was announced. Um, Usman Covington. Mm. Not nothing major. Just those. Not really. Nothing major was really nothing new at least. Just fight movements like the Aspen Lad fight being uh, put back. And when is Once uh, we knew... Volkanovski and Ortega fighting? September? I think they're fighting in September. And then Jan versus Sterling's in October. Is that the same card with uh, the 205 guys? With uh, Blahovitz and Glover? Yes. Okay. Let's see. Bounds in Abu Dhabi. Oh! Doug Barnett's really trying to fight Fedor. It deserves it. Agreed. Did we talk about um, Nick Diaz's opponent? We know who it is now. I think we talked about that on the last one against Robbie Lawler. Okay. The last one two weeks ago. When is that fight, though? Is that... uh, When's that supposed to happen? October? September, I believe. Oh, that's a September one, too? Yeah. Even better. 
five yeah, round uh, fight. Well, it's just there. Holly Holm got a fight announced. Who's she fighting? Norma Dumont. Dumont. Featherweight fight. Yep. Oh, wow. That surprised me also. But they need oh. contenders for that division, oh. so. Holly Holm for the third title fight in Featherweight. Oh, no, the 205ers are fighting in October. Okay. Yeah, that's the one, the, the Algerman fight. Yeah. The co-main event for the one in September is Valentina against Lauren Murphy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And Curtis Blades and Dungeon uh, Strip. That's, that's good that's for Curtis Blades, one. though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's an interesting one for Curtis Blades. If he wins that. He'll probably get the... I don't know. It depends who loses this uh, main event this weekend. If I don't think loses, we'll get another shot at uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah, if Gon loses and Curtis Blade wins, he'll probably fight him. So it just depends. It depends on the losers, because... Has Derek Lewis fought Rosenstroop? No, right? No. Yeah, so if he so. loses and Rosenstroop wins, he'll they'll probably fight each other. Yeah. yeah they're not really doing a lot of fight announcements because they're they're holding those close until they can figure out where they're going to be. Because they want to do every pay-per-view in a, a place that they could sell tickets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Either, so basically right now all they got is Florida, Texas, uh, Texas and Arizona. They oh, Vegas, Vegas, I guess. Too. Yeah, Vegas now too. And then Abu Dhabi. Mm. But that also depends on if things tend to close down again because of this Delta variant. Aspen Ladd and Macy Ch- Ch- Chasson got um, rebooked. October. Yeah. Early October. Correct. I don't they I don't... ever make it official between uh, Bully B and uh, Magni? I know they were shooting for it, and they That's both like... agreed. Saw that being um, introduced, but I don't, I don't see the date. I'm not sure if that one's official yet or not. I just know they were talking. Hmm. I didn't see that Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler going. Hmm? How do we see it going? Yeah, fucking barn burner. I think that's gonna be a. I think that has to be a, a firefight. They're the same person. You think oh, Gage- I can't hear you? You oh, guys ready to call it? Ready to go? Yeah, we can. I, I got nothing else. 
Well, yeah, we should talk about the Gaethje and Chandler on the next one. Uh, Definitely talk about it on the next one. No doubt. You guys ready to call it? Yep. Yeah, we can call it, brother. We can call right. it. Yep. Zip it up. Zip, Zip it out. out. <laughs>